It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's welcome in Mary Kay Cabot. Happy New Year, Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Happy New hey. Year, guys. How you doing? Happy Good. New Year, Mary Kay Cabot. <laughs> <laughs> I, almost, I almost dropped a Mary. I'm like, no, no, I can't do that. Hey, Mary Kay, we were just talking about Jarvis Landry a, a little bit ago. And, like, with Elijah Moore out, we don't know what his status is. Do you think the Browns might call Jarvis? I mean, wouldn't he be a great fit? Can you start a rumor for us? What's going on? (laughs) You know what? I haven't heard anything like that. I I don't see that happening. Um, But, you know, certainly he would bring a lot of energy and a lot of juice. Juice would bring plenty of, of fire to the program. So I haven't heard anything like that at all. Uh, Elijah's coming around. They probably don't have to play Elijah or Amari in this game. And, you know, at, to, you know, to kind of upset the apple cart at this point, I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. Mm. So who do you look at to step up in the absence of Elijah Moore if he can't come back? Um, do they do they elevate like a Austin Watkins or you think they just very comfortable with Tillman Bell and my boy Marquise, who's really good player? Well, first of all, let me apologize that I still have the Christmas tree up. Uh, but in the, uh, in the, <laughs> in the that, that I'm in, you know, I'll be lucky to get this thing down by the draft in April. So, uh, you know, so forgive you know, I'm going to apologize in advance for that. But um, again, I think that Elijah and Amari should be probably good to go by the wild card game. I would think. I mean, you never really know with a concussion. That was very scary what Elijah went through. Uh, but but they do need some other guys to step up. And one that I'm going to mention is Cedric Tillman. If you look at Cedric Tillman on Pro Football Focus, his quarterback rating when the ball is thrown to him is the quarterback's rating is 25.1. Mm. Uh, that That's unacceptable. Joe Flacco uh, in one game two of his three interceptions were on passes intended for Cedric Tillman. Uh, you know, in this past game, I think you may have seen that there was an issue with the route running in the end zone. Joe walked off the field kind of mad about that. Uh, so Cedric just needs to step up. He needs to step up and get really super focused and buckle down and do whatever it takes this week, uh, get whatever advice he can, he can, study whatever film he can, and make sure that he is working overtime and just when he thinks he worked enough then he needs to work a little bit more uh, so he's one that he, he's just going to have to step up I think David Bell is ready for a little bit more so you know he's one that you know you could play some more in the slot and give him a few of Eliza's reps if you had to so these are some of the guys that, that are going to have to step up and as you mentioned um, you know they, they do have Austin Watkins on the practice squad waiting to step in and help them out a little bit and then, uh, you know, Marquis Goodwin just really hasn't been able uh, to make much of an impact this season. And, I, you know, I just don't know if they can really think that he's going to come through and make a, an enormous impact moving forward. Um, you know, Mary Kay, out of the players that uh, you, you look at being out right now, Grant Delpit, um, I didn't even know he had surgery. Um, I think Bernie was on and he said he had surgery, and I didn't even know he was that injured. Um, and then you have Oboe. Um, who is kind of in the, like a no man's land floating around between, you know, getting a second opinion and whether or not he wanted to have surgery or see if they can get him back. Are there some names and some guys that can really, really, you know, take advantage of this? Hopkins, Hopkins uh, you know, Borges. Are there some guys that could really take advantage of this 17, 18 days if they do sit, um, you know, for the Bengals and then be ready for the playoffs? 
Yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, in the case of someone like a Dustin Hopkins, you know, why would you put him out there against the Bengals? You're not going to do that. That's just not smart football. Uh, so hopefully in his case for the Browns, he will be back for the wild card round because they're going to need him. They are going to need him. I mean, just when you look at that Colts game alone, uh, they needed every one of his four field goals to win that football game. And three of them were in the 50 plus range. Now, of course, they had P.J. Walker uh, playing in that game from the end of the first quarter on. And life is a lot different now with Joe Flacco. He's throwing touchdown passes. And so your kicker. Uh, becomes uh, you know a little bit less imperative than he was in those weeks when they did not have an elite quarterback playing for them. Uh, Obo Okoronko, you mentioned him. Uh, he is still trying to make it back, and I don't know if he'll make it back for the wild card game. But as he moves forward, he is trying to come back and play despite a torn pec. He wants to be part of these playoffs. Grant Delpit, as you mentioned, underwent groin surgery. And he is, he's going to miss this game, but he, he's not needed for this game. But if he can get back and he's really trying uh, to get back for a playoff game, that will really help them tremendously. Same thing with Anthony Warren. Do you expect anybody of significance to actually play in this game? Yeah, I think they'll have some good guys playing in this game because they know that, uh, first of all, you just can't rest everybody. You know, they've got to play uh, some people. And, uh, you know, I think that they are so deep that you have significant guys playing for you, uh, you know, at, at all levels of the defense that, you know, that might not be your starters anyways. So, you know, you're, you're going to get some good performances from some backup guys, the Cam Mitchells, the Ronnie Hickmans, the DeAnthony Bells. Even though these guys aren't necessarily starters, I think you'll see some, some good football out of them. I'd like to see Pierre Strong, see what he could do with a mm -hmm. full slate of carries. Do you, do you anticipate that he's going to get more action than normal? Yes, I do. I think he will get more action. And I think that'll good, be good for him. It'll be a good tune-up for the playoffs because I think he's got, uh, you know, plenty to offer. And, uh, you know, the more reps that he gets, the more warmed up he'll be. So I think this is a good week to get Pierre out there and get him feeling very confident for that wild card game. Mary, can when you look at the quarterback situation, do you think that they – Say they say that they're resting Joe Flacco for this game. Do they split the the count between Jeff Driscoll and Phil, or does one get more than the other? You know, it's a good question, and we haven't been out there yet for for practice this week. That'll happen tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I could see those guys splitting time. I could even see perhaps Jeff Driscoll getting the start just to, mm -hmm. you know, just to see what he can do and, you know, get him tuned up a little bit. Um, I mean, Alex Van Pelt knows him very well. He knows what he's capable of. They were together in Cincinnati in 2018. Jeff Driscoll started five games that year for the Bengals. So Alex knows exactly what he's going to get from Jeff Driscoll. And who knows? He might get the start in this game. You know, I was just about to say that, Mary Kay. I, I would almost feel, and it's crazy to say this because P.J. Walker has beaten some teams, but I, I would lean towards, if, if something happened to Flacco, Jeff Driscoll being the quarterback. I wouldn't, I mean, he can still run just as well as P.J. Walker, and he's not a turnover machine. I, I would like to see him play well in this game, and if something happens to Flacco, hey, we'll roll with Jeff Driscoll. Well, you know, that has been the problem with P.J. Walker. Even though he gave the Browns a lot of effort, a lot of hustle, a lot of moxie, he threw only one touchdown pass against five interceptions. And uh, his his rating is like a 52.2. 
And that just doesn't really fly in Kevin Stefanski's world. Turning the ball over is the quickest way to get yourself benched uh, in a Kevin Stefanski situation. So um, I think that's one of the reasons why you saw them going back to DTR. I mean, it didn't necessarily work out the way that they hoped, but PJ throws too many interceptions. And I do think that they would be inclined to give Jeff Driscoll a chance. I guess that you could use this game for, for just that, right? I mean, give them each a half, see what they look like. What can you tell us about Jeff Driscoll for those that aren't familiar with his game and what he looks like? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, I mean, he's he's a big guy, uh, you know, so he kind of has some some carry over to Joe Flacco. Uh, he's he, he's an older quarterback. He's been around for a while. He can move pretty well. He's got a decent arm. Uh, again, if you look at his one loss record, it will kind of surprise you. He's one and nine in his 10 starts. Wow. But yes. <laughs> so, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't bring uh, a culture of winning necessarily with him, but, um, you know, but he has a skill set that, you know, that translates pretty well to what the Browns are trying to do. And he, he understands and knows the scheme and the terminology from having worked with Alex Van Pelt. So those are the plus. He's almost the opposite end of what PJ Walker is. Cause if you look at PJ Walker's stats, you know, he he is, he's a turnover machine. He's almost two turnovers for every touchdown yet. You know, somehow he has won games that you scratch your head at the end and say, wow, we just beat San Francisco yeah. with P.J. Walker. I don't think you can look too much at a win-loss record on a short sample size for a backup quarterback. Yeah, I don't it's really, tough. I, by the way, the league should change the rule because you, you can only bring up two guys from the practice squad each week. I think for the last week of the season, they should make all the practice squad guys eligible to play. This way you could yes. have all those extra guys. Like in baseball, they they expand the rosters in September. That's a good they idea. They should do Paul. it for the last game or I two. I like that. They should definitely do that. And while we are talking about NFL rules, I just would love to weigh in for a second on the end of the Cowboys-Lions game. Um, and I just Ooh. want to say one thing about that real quick. And that is, in this day and age, with this kind of technology available to everyone, there's no way that something like that should happen. I agree. And I think the powers that be... They need to get there. They need to put their heads together in the offseason, the competition committee, and everybody needs to find a solution to when a bad call is made, especially at the end of a game, maybe only at the end of the game this could be for. Uh, something. There needs to be a mechanism whereby you can just stop the world and get it right. And I don't know how, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I think that's an excellent point. I've had a lot of conversations since the end of that game here was an idea that someone threw at me, and I don't remember who it was now, but this might clear a lot of it up. One of the things that was tricky to me was you saw that Decker was standing next to the referee. Yep. And 70 was on his way to the referee, but never made it to that point. 
Right. I don't know. It was clearly lost in translation. Is 68 right. ineligible? I do know this because I heard Jay, the can audio. You explain for people in the audience who may not have seen the play. Just explain what happened. Okay, so, so it, it, at the end of the game, it. they went for two. Detroit was down one. They went for two. They threw it to Decker, who was Go uh, 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 who thought he had reported as eligible. He was right. ineligible, and the two-point conversion was wiped away. Dallas then ends up losing the game because they don't Detroit, make the, Detroit, or Detroit, Detroit loses the game because they don't make the next two-point conversion. The, right. the point was where it was controversial was who reported. And I think that right now it's the reporting process that's a mess. I think right. it should be a designated player, whether it's the quarterback or maybe it's the head coach. Only one player or coach can have that conversation with the official. That way there's no three guys coming yeah. up to the official. And the other thing I didn't like about that play, and I didn't like the way Dan Campbell handed the postgame news conference, he didn't fall on his sword. Um, he said that you can't have two players that are eligible. We told them that 68 was going to be an, the announcement that was made in the stadium. And I've heard the audio, the referee announced that number 70 is an eligible receiver. They have to do that. So the defense is aware of what's going on. Yes, they do. Right. Because of that, Dallas didn't cover Decker. Right. Yeah. They covered 70. So you, right. I, I almost feel like it was a well, little gamesmanship by Campbell because he said in the news conference afterwards, I told the officials exactly what we were going to do this situation before is, the game. This situation is pretty unique. The, the Mary, Mary Kay's point, just in general, like I don't know that this could have been helped by replay because, yeah, like you said, yeah, no, replay but there are a lot of calls that are going that are just being left as wrong, right? Because they're not using replay properly. Plus, it's 2023. Why are we right. still using a chain gang? I know. You'd think there would be right. some technology that could tell you exactly where the tip of the ball ended up at all, 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 all these spots. It's all. nuts. They'll fix that eventually. There's but a chip in the ball. To, to Mary's case, to Mary Kay's point, what we have to do is we have to on this issue, yeah. we have to clear up the eligibility thing. You had three players talking yeah, to an that's official. Not good. When the official walked away from Decker, the only thing I can it, somehow it was lost in translation. I don't know if Decker said, I'm telling you that number 70 is going to be an eligible receiver. I think there was some trickeration going on where Campbell wanted to confuse Dallas, where he thought that maybe Dallas would see that Decker was talking to the official. So they thought, oh, Decker's reporting as eligible. But then when they announced number 70 was the eligible receiver, they clearly yeah. made the adjustment and covered number 70. I, I, by the way, I loved that he went for two, but once oh, I he gets too. a penalty, yeah. I would have kicked the extra I'm, point. I'm with you. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I'm at that you. point, I would have. No, by the, the way, the other – go ahead, Mary Kay, sorry. What I was going to say is I, I, that issue in and of itself, you know, can be, you know, rectified with a, a reporting solution. But in general, and, and Bull, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. In general, in 2023, I mean, the aliens that have come down from outer space have to be laughing at us <laughs> that we are using, uh, that we are not using the technology available to us to get Same. these calls right. There is no way in 2023 uh, or 2024 going forward that you should have a situation like this happen where there is human error and it can't be fixed. There needs to be some kind of mechanism, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a big code red button that somebody gets to push and stop the game in real time. Have some eye in the sky call down and say, all right, this was a major F up and we have to fix it right now because livelihoods depend on game. 
histories of franchises can depend on a call like that. No doubt. And we have the ability to get this right. And in that moment, somebody should have been able to stop the game and say, let's fix this right now. That was a mistake yeah. and let's get it right. And I don't know why that couldn't happen. I mean, maybe there's no mechanism in place for that to happen right now, but there needs to be going forward. And it's too bad it can't happen before the playoffs because you can't let something like this happen again. I, I agree, Mary Kay, but we just remember, it wasn't that long ago when the Rams and Saints were playing in the NFC Championship mm. game. And it wasn't technology. It wasn't replay. It was human eyes that watched the Saints receiver getting tackled, physically tackled. It was the definition of pass interference. Yeah. And the call wasn't made, and they put the Rams in the Super Bowl instead of the Saints. You talk about livelihoods changing. The other thing, too, so the next year they said, okay, now all pass interference plays are reviewable. And almost as a way of saying, F you, when did they ever overturn a pass interference call? Even when it was obvious, they would look at it and say the call stands. I and know. now it's not even reviewable There's got to be a guy, there's got to be a sky judge that just, there shouldn't be this is reviewable and this isn't. The sky judge should just get the calls right. If it's an obvious mistake, correct it. If I have to look for two minutes, no. 30 seconds, the obvious calls, fix them, that's it. Should hold and it. by the way, one other rule that should be fixed is when you're on offense and you fumble at the two-yard line, it goes oh, out of bounds. That's the dumbest rule that the other it, team it gets. It killed the, the Browns a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's such a stupid rule. Yeah. yeah I no, it ain't for the defense. Yeah. Love the rule on defense. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's so punitive. <laughs> Love it. It's, as, it's a, as a defensive punitive. player, it's the best thing. I mean, if the ball goes out, out, out of bounds right before the pylon, you yeah. keep it right there. But if it goes into the end zone, Touch you bag. lose the ball. It's just, Touch bag. All right. Anyway, That's what it is. Turnovers. Thanks, Mary Kay, happy new year. <laughs> happy new year. Okay. Same to you guys. I'll try to get the tree down. <laughs> Mine is I don't think up. it's too late. I, I, no. I think, you know, I, I think a reasonable time is the weekend after New Year's. And this yes. weekend was on a New Year's, you know, was, so the, was on a weekend. At the latest, the 8th. I think by the 8th, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So bull is spoken, and I like that. Yeah. January 8th, if your tree is up after January 8th, that's egregious. I have a friend that leaves that. Well, I used to. I haven't seen his friend in years, but a person I used to work with in Utica many moons ago. She she would keep it up till like April. My aunt who died at ninety eight. Yeah. Once she turned like eighty. Yeah. She lived by herself all yeah. the way up until ninety eight. She just would put a sheet over the entire tree that was decorated. <laughs> and the first time I came over, I'm like, Auntie Annie, what's what's yeah. going on over here? She goes, I don't, when you're turning 80 years old, you don't have the energy to take it down. That's so right. I put a Did sheet you, over it, just yeah. pretend it's not there. It's, yeah, it's right. one. Uh, base, and then in November, I pull the sheet off and I'm done. It's yeah. one baseball player. My wife showed it I to me. I saw that he on got Instagram. A, he got the closet. There's a they closet. Push it in the he closet. Has, yo, he's rich. Oh, it's on wheels? It's on, I, I guess. Yeah, he's he's just, got this giant closet, closet right next to the tree. Pushes it. <laughs> <laughs> the tree, and then he pulls it back <laughs> out. Who does that? I don't know what player Hold on. I got to see him. That's brilliant. I'll get some super chats. Welcome our next guest. And our first super chat comes from Firebird Entertainment. He said, Happy New Year's, guys. I watch you guys daily. Tyvis, I met you at the Cardiac Club. What a great Thursday night. Uh, the Guard 16 says, Go Browns, go Blue. Simple says, I hear it's either Jarvis or Galladay. Who do you think is the better fit for this team? Hands down, I'd say Landry. His mentality is exactly what we need in the He's playoffs. heard. What has he heard? I just tried to get Mary Kay to start a rumor. Fair and square, she wouldn't do it. So, uh, I don't know who he talked to. Yeah. But we discussed, I think we all agree, Landry, if they're going to go off the free agent market, is probably the most likely and best option. It is. Dontavious Winston says, Mikey, stay off the weed in a Stephen A. Smith voice. 
Uh, he uh. also wants to know, should Miles play, or is DPOY a lock at this point for him? It's not a lock, but yeah, he shouldn't play because of it. My, my, yeah, Miles Garrett should be playing. He should be on bubble wrap, not doing nothing. What, okay, let me ask you this, because this is, this is a possibility. Is what if Miles comes to you and says, I think I could still be defensive player of the year. I think he's still in the conversation. But we don't why care. would this you know game you, matter? You know what you it's tell me? No, I, I, know, voters, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm going to tell you what. But if you're Kevin Stefanski and you've made the decision, Miles isn't playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was funny when There's Amari a couple Cooper, guys in that situation, by the way. Amari Cooper had a conversation with uh, Kevin Stefanski on the sidelines when he was going record. for the record. Yeah. And you could tell he was politicking to go back in, and Stefanski was like, it's a hard no. Yeah. And then the way the game turned out, oh, God, we, we need a, another first down. They put him in, and he got the record. Okay. Yeah. Um, what if Miles comes to you Wednesday when you tell him you're not playing and says, no, Coach, this is big to me. I want to be Defensive Player of the Year. Let me play. You say respectfully, Miles, this is something that you Way said that important. winning Defensive yeah. Player of the Year. The team comes first. Winning a Super Bowl in Cleveland will change your life forever. Good answer. Yeah, I don't want him There's, out there. You can win defensive player of the year, and you can be considered great. One of the best defensive players in Cleveland Browns history. Or you could do something that's never been done in Cleveland Browns history. You want to have a legacy. You want to be Jared world. Allen and, you tell or Reggie and, White and, and win a Super Bowl. And by the way, is, yeah, is, good, good, good one. Which one? Is something right. he's going to do in a meaningless game going to change the voters' opinion? You no. know, if he had four sacks, it would cement him as the DPOY. But here's the thing. Yeah. I don't care about that. I know Miles does. I don't care about the defensive player of the year. I can't believe he cares about either. that more than the team. I can't and more than winning. I can't either. I so I would think that it would be, <laughs> no, crazy. he's not playing. But by the way, um, if we ask the question, which one do you think is most likely to play? I think he's most likely to play because of this conversation that we're having right here. But the other thing too is, like you said, you know, go win a Super Bowl. The, the defensive player of the year thing is nice. Yeah. It's an individual award. It doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of Miles things. Garrett should not even put Kevin Stefanski in that position to have nope. to say no to him. No. All, all, and yeah. if you're Kevin Stefanski, you look right back at Miles Garrett and you say, Call Bradley Chubb. Ask right. him what I, what I should I'd do. I'd say, Miles, what, I what, what does Bradley Chubb think I should do? We can't do? win without you in the playoffs. I can't take the risk. No. It's I need simple. you to win a Super Bowl. couple more Super Chats, and we'll bring in Ben Baby of ESPN. Professor K, I said, the Browns are on their Infinity War arc right now. Kevin is Dr. Strange, opening portals to players from the past. Joe Flacco, <laughs> now Jarvis need to arrive like, like Captain that. Marvel. Okay. Charles T says, by this time each year, I normally – 20 mock drafts deep, three Madden Browns franchise leagues in, mm. and waking up to reading the free agent tracker. Thank you to the 2023 Browns. That's the truth. Let's get to <laughs> Vegas. Eric Spicer says Michigan is about to win a national championship with a quarterback who wanted to come to Ohio State but was turned away for Kyle McCord. That's a fireball offense by itself. No, it's not. <laughs> and we'll save the last three Super Chats for after our next guest. We're going to bring Ben Baby in. And his interview today is brought to us by GameTime. It's GameTime.co, not GameTime.com, just GameTime.co. If you ever had a frustrating time buying tickets, you better be using the GameTime app in the future to erase any last-minute issues. They have the best last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you're looking for a ticket to a Browns playoff game, whether it's in Jacksonville, Indy, Houston, you should be using the GameTime app to get in. And if you use promo code Locked On with your first purchase, you get $20 off. That is $20 off wow. with promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N on the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. And with that, 
It is time to welcome in Ben Baby, the Bengals beat reporter for ESPN.com, to help us break down and preview this Week 18 matchup. Ben, are you excited about this meaningless game on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we are all excited. I heard, you know, if we get a little Miles Garrett action, I think that'd be a lot of fun. You know, I think Trey Hendrickson will enjoy going up against Miles and competing against him. And that way, you know, I'm curious to see Jamar Chase has had a lot to say. This season, earlier in the year, he said that, you know, he was going to break 100 receptions easy. Well, he's a little short of that. So is he going to try to play through uh, that shoulder injury and really finish the year out strong? And, and you put up this number, you know, between Miles Garrett and Trey Hendrickson. You know, I think that's a great comparison. And you look at it, and, you know, you know, listening to y'all earlier, I firmly believe that Miles probably should be the defensive player of the year. When you look at his numbers, you know, at ESPN, we track a lot of different things. And I created something called a, a rush impacts, which essentially is how many sacks you create plus interceptions created, plus incompletions created, uh, which is all three separate metrics we, we track. And when you put them all together, Miles Garrett leads the NFL with 62 impact rushes that create a negative play uh, in the passing game. You know, his, his raw QBR, when he gets the first pressure, it's like 3.9%, completion percentage of around 30%. I think Trey's had a really good year. His uh, opposing uh, completion percentage when he gets pressure is a lot better than Miles's. But when you look at the raw numbers, uh, Miles has had an incredible year. And, and Mike Hilton said it best a couple weeks ago, you know, when the Bengals were getting ready to play Pittsburgh. Uh, this division, the AFC North, might have the three three of the best pass rushers in the league when you look at Miles, when you look at T.J. Watt, and when you look at Trey. Miles is the best, and Trey Hendrickson is the most underrated pass rusher in the league, I think. Yeah, I, I agree, but I also think that goes to, you know, Trey's a, a more quiet guy. I think the reporters tried to get him yesterday in the locker room and, and to ask him about sacks, and he kind of shrugged that off. He doesn't want to talk about a lot of that stuff. And, you know, I'll be honest, I think that does hurt him to a degree, and it does hurt your profile. And you go look at, you know, guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of times when you're doing really well, you know, you're, you're going unnoticed because you're staying, you know, people are staying away from you. They're scheming away from you. And Trey does a lot of really good things. And I, I think that's part of maybe why he's been so underrated. And it doesn't also help that the Bengals have not been good this year, especially defensively. Watt and Garrett have done it longer, though. They've been oh, at the top of their games longer. Yeah. So I think that's why well, but, if you compare him to the other two. But I think league-wide, I think he's got a lot of respect on his name yeah, this year. Yeah, he, no, he's not as good as those guys. But I'm just saying he's he's a top six or seven pass rusher, and he doesn't ever get talked in that group. I didn't realize he was in the same draft class as Miles and TJ Watt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but he hasn't been – He Miles came out right away and made an impact. No, yeah, the last four years, Hendrickson sacked numbers 13 and a half, 14, 8, and 17 this year. Before that, his first three seasons were minuscule. But yeah, the right, last right, four seasons, he's been. Right. It don't matter. He's not in anybody. the same class as Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, to me, is in a class by himself. I, 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 I think Miles Garrett is, is a good deal better than TJ Watt. Is that unfair? I, I, no, I think that – so I think that that is – I would go with that, yes. I think Miles is definitely better than TJ. I do think, though, that Trey does deserve to be in that conversation. I think that he's just as disruptive, causes a ton of problems. I mean, he has 17 sacks on the season. Uh, you know, he's not like he's having, he's not having a bad year. He's got three yeah. more sacks than Miles. I, I think that that's, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all stat, but, you know, I'm pulling up the numbers right now. You know, the So when Trey Hendrickson gets a uh, first pressure – Opposing quarterbacks have a completion percentage of 27.6%. Wow. 
that is a good number right there. And when you look at some of the other top uh, edge rushers in the league, you know, you look at other other just rushers in general. Aaron Donald, thirty five point five percent. You know, Miles, thirty eight point two percent. Trey is significantly lower in that regard. And so when he is getting pressure and he gets pressure at a high volume, he makes just as much of an impact as the other top players in the league. So, but I do, I still do think I, I want to be very clear. I think Miles definitely is at the top of that list, but Trey does belong in that conversation. You know, Ben, I've been, uh, you know, in my lab with a pen and a pad trying to uh, get this label off. Um, <laughs> but, but, going old going old. but, you know, I'm, I'm looking at T. Higgins, man. I mean, he would look real nice in that Browns uniform. I don't know what they can do. Aren't they going to franchise tag him? Do you, that, what they going to do with T. Higgins? You know, I think that that seems like, you know, everything that we've heard so far, I wouldn't be shocked if they end up going that franchise tag route. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if T would love it, but I think he would understand it's part of the business as well. But, you know, the, the team was unable to get to a long-term deal with T, who was looking uh, – he, he views himself as a, as a wide receiver one. And when you look at the numbers, uh, it's hard to disagree with that. I think when he's been uh, targeted heavily and when he's playing well, he's as good – as the top receivers in this league. And, and you know, we're going to see a record number of uh, mock ed- uh, edits of him in different uniforms this offseason of teams hoping they get T. Higgins. I joked uh, during that game against Kansas City, at what point does Patrick Mahomes just walk across the field and just drag T and say, hey, you're with us now. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and get right. you. I'm sick of throwing to these guys. I can't be throwing MBS anymore. I'm going to throw you the ball, get you as many targets as you need. I think that, you know, if they tag him and the Bengals look to trade him, uh, there's gonna, there should be a lot of suitors for him, and when you look at what he's able to do, I think he is a a great receiver, and how he's good at getting separation. He's he's got really great feet for how big he is. I think that goes underrated. Everybody sees his frame, how long he is, how good he is in the air on contested catches. But when you watch him in practice at training camp and and really get a look at him and look at his routes. I think that's where he's had the most growth. He's done a really good job. And talking to Bengals assistant coach Troy Walters, their receivers coach, he told me that when, when T came in, they, he was a little raw in that regard. And even T told me that was one of the biggest knocks on him coming out of the draft and probably why he fell to the second round. But when you watch him, you know the tape doesn't lie. He's a really good route runner. He, he does a great job of doing what you need him to do. And the fact that he came in, and played in that game against Kansas City despite reaggravating that left hamstring shows you what kind of competitor he is. So if I'm a team, I am trying to go get him and pair him with a quarterback because he's going to make that guy a whole lot better. That touchdown he had two weeks ago was just unbelievable. The awareness, the the, the ability to bend and get the ball over the goal line, it was nuts. Ben, when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals this season, obviously you guys had a bunch of injuries on your team. But when you look at the Cleveland Browns, they also had injuries on their team, and they're still able to make the playoffs. Has what Kevin Stefanski done this year eliminated the excuse that the injuries is not the reason why you can't make the postseason? Yeah, you know, and I think Zach Taylor deserves credit as well, you know, and, and we, there are going to be a lot of questions. If the Bengals just packed it up and said, you know what, Joe Burrow's hurt, you know, we, we know we're probably not going to win another game this year, and we're going to use that as an excuse, there would have been a lot of heat on that staff and and for not getting it done because this is still a roster that played for an AFC championship last year, back-to-back division titles. And you got to give that whole roster and that coaching staff a ton of credit that even after Burrow went down, they were still in the playoff hunt. We've seen other teams 
over the course of this season, you know, not be competitive once they've lost their starting quarterback and really played poorly. And I think, you know, Kevin Stefanski's done a fantastic job this year. Uh, done a really, I think what he does schematically to help Joe Flacco out uh, is great. I think the, 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 what the product that they put on the field has been really, really impressive. And it's, I've been really impressed every time we've seen uh, Stefanski go up against the Bengals. He's obviously played uh, very well against Cincinnati and, and the Browns have played very well against Cincinnati, but I, I couldn't agree more that even if you lose a starting quarterback, you, there, you should still be good enough. Your roster should be good enough if you've built it the right way, if your locker room's built the right way, if you have the right culture, you should still be solid. You should still be competitive. And that's what we've seen from both of these teams. And that's why Cleveland has already locked up a playoff berth going into Week 18. Ben, you know, we were talking about the officiating and things they need to fix. In this Bengals-Chiefs game, it was just an, a ridiculous grounding call intentional grounding on jake browning it, it was a horrible call and like things like that just shouldn't happen what, what did they say about that after the game you know it's funny i asked zach uh after i believe it was yesterday i said you know is that something you're going to bring up because what's the point you know we're already out of the playoff race you know we're going to submit our calls to the league you know and a lot of times you know and he's you know coaches i think when you talk to to coaches in the league i think the, the thing they want is just communication. They want to know why something is called. They may disagree with it, but a lot of times what coaches get really upset about is a lack of communication. And, and there are things that, that you know have been brought up that I've heard uh, from various guys and in, in terms of how to, to bridge that gap. And I think that's the most frustrating thing is that sometimes that level of communication just isn't there. And so, you know, there, Zach obviously understood that, you know, he said, he said the guy that I was screaming at had the least amount to do with it. You know, he was just on my sideline. Only one I could vent to was the guy on the other side of the field who made that call. But, you know, I, I think as we move forward, there's definitely going to be a big spotlight on officiating. We saw what happened in the Detroit and Dallas game and, and you know, over the course of the, the league. And I do want to say this, though, when people who are officials, they, they do want to get things right. I mean, it takes a certain type of person. You know, I, I wrote a big uh, a series about this at the Dallas Morning News, you know, uh, profiled a, a high school crew, a college crew uh, on a Friday and Saturday back to back. And a lot of these people, they understand what they're signing up for. And they have a certain personality type as well that, you know, to want to be an official, A, you've got to really love the game and B, you've got to really want to get things right all the time. Not everybody's really, you know, fits both of those criteria. And so, you know, it is unfortunate when things don't go well. These guys want to do well. But at the NFL, you've got to have the best of the best. And you've got to make sure that people aren't questioning, you know, the, the integrity of the game to a large degree. I mean, I cover boxing. I know a lot of times I watch a fight and you're just sitting there praying that the judges don't screw it up. And that's a terrible feeling. The last thing you want to feel as a fan is that you enjoy the con the product on the field or, or whatever the event you're watching. And you're just hoping the officials don't screw it up. That's the worst feeling you could have. And that's a bad thing for a sport. And I think that's something the NFL really needs to consider as they move forward this offseason. You know, Ben, is there a difference between the way Browns fans feel about Deshaun Watson and his shoulder moving forward and the way the Bengals feel, fans feel about Joe Burrow's multitude of injuries going into next year? I don't know. It depends on how, how are Browns feeling. How are Brands, Browns fans feeling, I should say, about Deshaun? Y'all got to tell me. Oh, well, listen, uh, that's a, a big... That topic we we trying yeah. to we trying to bury it. We trying we trying to wait to the off season. It's a it just keep creeping back up. I, I people been hitting me up. I said, listen, I can't talk about that right now. You trying to get me in trouble? We just gonna ride with Flacco for a little bit. But. There's nobody in Cincinnati saying they should stick with Jake Browning. Yeah, right. I'll tell you that. Right. And I don't think anybody in Cleveland is saying they should stick with Flacco. That's not realistic. Well, because sure. of the price tag that. on the quarterback, 
But I think it's worth the question of bringing Flacco <laughs> back as an insurance policy for but next it's season. But it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison because no. Joe Burrow's been great in Cincinnati. Deshaun Watson hasn't. That's right. a big difference. It's a yeah. lot of money, though. A lot yeah, of sure. bread. Yeah, but at a certain point, you know, we saw this, you know, in the college game. If, you, if you're committed to winning at a high level, sometimes you just got to figure out. You got to eat it and move forward and say, you know what, it didn't work. And we've got to move on. You know, saw Texas A&M where, where Mike and I uh, used to used to hang around a little bit. They, they had to pay Jimbo Fisher a ton of money. And I thought they'd, cool. they'd cook them and find a way say, oh, you know, someone, some boosters got a level one violation somewhere. And they said, no, we're going to be we're going to be rich properly. We're just going to eat the bill and keep it moving. And, you know, at a certain point, you know, the Jeff salary cap makes it a little difficult. Yes, correct. Yeah. Jeff's doing it. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. If you you understand, you know, you're going to end up making more money. It's going to be cost prohibitive for maybe a couple of years, but at a certain point, you just have to make a decision and say, is it working or is it not? Now, as for Joe Flacco, I'm very curious to see what he looks like moving forward because several times a game he throws a ball that he has no business throwing, yes. and sometimes he gets away with it, sometimes he won't. I think when I look at Cleveland as a whole, that's the biggest concern I have is that in a key moment, is Joe Flacco going to throw in a triple coverage when he absolutely should not? Uh, like he has earlier this year. I can't. I think it might have been uh, the Jets game, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember who, what team it was. Uh, but he threw a pick late in the fourth quarter, you know, when the team, you know, it, it, and Cleveland, I believe, ended up winning that game. But just watching back, I was like, that's a terrible interception. That's a terrible ball. I think that's the biggest concern I have with him is the windows that he pushes. So even if you do bring him back, I don't know how much of a viable solution long-term he would be. But – you do need to figure out if you're Cleveland where you're at this quarterback situation, uh, especially this is a pretty good quarterback class. We'll see what happens. You know, can you find a pieces to move? If you feel like you need to move up, what are the scenarios out there? Uh, but no, in Cincinnati, I think everybody is is confident that Burrow can be, you know, is the guy when they need him to be. I think it is a question though moving forward of his health and can he continue to stay healthy and, and can he kind of figure out how to manage his body as well. I think that's something that will come up this offseason. Well, ben, part of that process that you speak of, they, they really are handcuffed. They can't move up. They don't even have a first-round pick. This is the third straight year that they don't have a first-round pick because yeah. of this trade. So it's not just the money. The money, Haslam's writing the check. Fans shouldn't care about that at yeah. all. I the think currency the that really matters with fans is that they don't have the draft capital. The discussion is after the 24 season. Yeah, you got to you got to at least go well. yeah. at least to the halfway point. Yeah, yeah, in my that, mind. that would be it. And if, he, if 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 after year three you still have the same questions that we have now, yeah, then you then you're yeah. going to eat two large numbers. Denver's doing it with Russell Wilson. You just have to cut bait and say he's not our guy. And, and move if he on. plays great next year, then it's then that's it's, right. It he can fix matter. all of it by playing great. Yeah. Last thing, Ben, real quick. I'm I'm just curious. Joe Mixon's gone, right? I mean, Chase Brown, they should be using I – th- I actually think uh, they've done a bad job not using him enough because he looks sensational. Yeah, he's looked good in spots. I think that, yeah. you know, when he had his moment, you know, a couple weeks ago, he had a really good touchdown on a screenplay, lots of speed that he puts on the field. And his snap share last week, I thought it was a little low for what we would expect to see out of him. You know, I, I will say this. I think Joe Mixon, he doesn't produce a ton of big plays, but I think he's had a really good year. I think that he's been uh, he's given them what they've needed in certain spots. He's been able to, you know, I think the best way that it's described by the coaches, you know, if he, if he if you ask him to get five yards, he's going to get you five yards. If he's going to get you four, he's going to get you four. I think he's done a good job, especially over the last few weeks, being patient, uh, been good in the screen game. He's been very productive in that regard. But with this Bengals offense, I think one of the big reasons it's been an issue for them is they don't have any explosive runs in the game. I think that they need big plays in the ground game. I think that's what Chase Brown can potentially give you. He's just a, a faster back. You know, you, you can you can feel a difference when he's on the field. And, and whether it's Chase Brown or somebody else, 
you've got to get that right because the way that defenses play Cincinnati, they are daring them to run mm-hmm. and give a big plays. And, and one thing that's been underrated this year, when you look at the Miami Dolphins, everyone talks about their receivers and that passing attack. They run the ball incredibly well. They, they gash people on the ground. You can go look at it. There's a reason Raheem Mostert's uh, had a really strong year. De- Devon Achan has done great as well. And they do, you know, teams are so selling out to stop the pass and you've got to punish them on the ground. And Cincinnati has not been able to do that enough. And, you know, they, you know, we'll see what happens with that moving forward. But I think that's the biggest issue with Mixit. He's not creating enough big plays in the run game. And that's what Cincinnati needs. Thanks, Ben. Good stuff. Man. Thanks. Appreciate Happy New Year, Ben. Yeah, Happy New Year's to you all. Take care. Awesome. That was Ben Baby of ESPN. We're going to finish up our Super Chat and then do a little New Year's resolution segment for some Cleveland athletes. But if you're in the chat watching, hit the like button. Do us a favor. Start off 2024 right with the like button. If you're not a subscriber, make sure you subscribe. It's totally free, and trust me, it helps us out. Make UCSS the best product we possibly can. couple more Super Chats here. Charles T. said, since we're talking Ohio State and Browns, the Bears are running Justin Fields out of town. Should the Browns have an eye on him as a backup to Deshaun next year? No way Fields would be a backup no. next year, right? No. He, there's 10 teams he could start for if the Bears run him no. out of town. Okay. I think the Bears are going to stick with him, actually. Uh, they better. They better. All oh, that draft capital, they can be stacked. Yeah, they're going to trade that man, pick. They better, man. They should just, just draft Marvin Harrison. Justin I've heard the, the, uh, the Steelers might be interested. They said they're going to get Russell Wilson. Well, good luck with that. Who's they? That's what I'm hearing. That's the, <laughs> I wouldn't like that. Next super chat comes from R Mac Dog. Happy New Year. Looking forward to another UCSS great year in 2024. I would like to know what was the panel's predictions on the Brown season beforehand? I think ten we wins. all had them between 10, 9 or 10 wins on the fringe of the playoffs. And Earl had them in the AFC Championship. Ten, I had 10 wins and I wasn't moving off of it. Ten I was wins. 9 and 8. I think I had 9 and 8. I think we were all 9 and 8. I think I had I nine said and eight. 10 and 7. I think G had 10. Oh. Did you have 10? I thought you had 9-2. I thought three of us went 9-8. Uh, two more. Michael Ribovich says, Leroy should have to pay everyone their entry feedback if he wants to skip the punishment. And last but not least, Dank Nasty Assmaster. <laughs> there you go. Says, Tyvis, to answer your question from Friday, I got my name because I'm a scientist who did his master's thesis on colon cancer pathology. True story. Makes sense. I like I that. Mean, speaking, of, it, speaking of yeah. not Dank, not him. But I play. I wanted to shout out my boy AC, who I played 2K with yesterday in the wreck. He found out that I am the the 2K version of Tyrese Halliburton. I had 20 points, 14 assists. So if you're on 2K and you want to run some wreck, holla at your boy. <laughs> I take this. I carry randoms all the time, so I take you. I get you some wins. Don't worry about it. I'm good enough. 2K to get is trash. It is trash. Yeah, I had some time yesterday, and I decided to run 2K. Yeah, I watched season one of Dr. Death on Peacock during uh, this break, and that show was wild. I'm going to check that based out. On is that the show I Is that the one that was killing his patients? Basically, yes. Yeah. I don't want to – spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, not I, not I, all of them, but – I saw a, a, the promo for the it. The promos for season two. I actually watched oh, season okay. one, which was really good. Well, the Se- promo for season two caught my eye. Looks good, too. I started it. Yeah. Started season two, but it's a really good show. Things <laughs> brothers can't get away with. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys see – I'm sure you did. 
Did you guys see Reese Davis and his lead-in when he was talking about oh, yeah, the funniest yeah. clip that's ever happened I, in the history I, of TV? And what's funny to me is I know Reese, and I know that even after everybody on the set was laughing, Reese still didn't know. No, no you can see no there was clue. an exact he, he was moment. Like, you can see the what, exact moment What did he say in stood He for, said, uh, let a naysayer know. Yeah, that's and, it. And this is yeah, that's beauty, what he said. I've had so many people ask me. <laughs> Like, they don't get the beauty of <laughs> Pat uh, McAfee. McAfee. They don't get that. A lot of people are like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. The beauty of this guy is he's real. Yeah. And everybody on set, I know I know Herbie knew what it meant. I know Joey Galloway and and uh, and Desmond Howard, Howard knew what it meant. But McAfee, when he heard him say he's got his own brand of clothing and he writes lank on his wristband, which means let a naysayer know. <laughs> and I'm sitting going, wait a minute. Well, the and other, Pat McAfee actually interrupted him right, and said, the other guys wait a minute, that's not what it stands for. <laughs> that's not what it stands for. And then Herbie's like, hey, be a professional. You can't interrupt him in the middle of his read. <laughs> right. But it, it created one of the well, funniest moments in the show's history. Pat McAfee no. appeals to a younger audience. Sure. The rest of those guys are old school. They would have None of them would have brought it up. Man. But he's I, like, he hears it, he pounces on it. Reese Davis is like I, very I, square. He comes no, off as a Reese no is the nicest guy, but Seems, he, yeah. he literally like was yeah. like, like, wait, what, what, what's going on here? Let a naysayer know. And when, he <laughs> said, when he said naysayer, I almost was like, watch your mouth, sir. Like, Somebody texted me. Don't you caught. I had a friend text me the funniest text. He said, I was okay with it, but he shouldn't have gone hard to R on Naysay. I lost it. That, to me, was funnier than the clip. Yeah, what? Pat McAfee clip and just read the comments. I think most of the time Twitter comments are... Cesspool, some of the best toys I've ever oh. seen were underneath Yo, he but we got about 10 minutes real quick. And we don't do this today. We can't do it. So let's do some New Year's resolutions for some Cleveland oh. athletes, owners, coaches, etc. as Tyvis recollects oh. himself. So I'm going to give you guys a member oh, of the Cleveland athletic scene. You have to tell me what you think their New Year's resolution should be. Jay, you're up first. You ready? Yeah. Jimmy Haslam. What's his New Year's resolution? Sell the team. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's yeah. the first thing that's that comes to the, mind. That's not, uh, it's not the first thing the that best. comes to mind. It's, it is for me. As, as he's cutting the beef Wellington around the, the state table, <laughs> talking about how great it is to have a 12-5 and five season, Jay's like, oh, no, sell the team. Every once in a while, you can you gotta sell when you it's hot, huh? in spite of <laughs> obstacles. Sell it, sell it while it's hot. It'll probably oh, or, get no better. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. He's not going to sell the team. No, he's not going to sell it. He loves the spotlight. Um, step away. Jay's worst nightmare is. Step away. And your worst nightmare, if they win that Super Bowl, he's going to get this clout. That is going to be, and some of it will be deserved. Look, if it, I mean, he's going to. He's he never going to blame get, for the zero and sixteen. He gets the shine for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's fair. Now, yeah. that's a huge stretch, I give, by the way. I give right. Dan Gilbert very little credit for the Cavs championship. He wrote he a lot of checks yeah, that other owners would not have written. So, for me, it's not he's not going not, to not sell the team. That's so, not no. But what I'd like to see him do is just say, you know what? I'm not as smart of a football mind as I thought I was. <laughs> yeah, certainly and not. what I'm going to do now is I am going to hire somebody that's at the top of the food chain that I trust and believe and tell him to go hire all the right people. He doesn't even have to hire anybody. Everything's good in place now. Leave it be. I would go everything. I don't know. I think it's good right I now. I think I we still had the deep adjusted thing I'm not good with. Right you love J-Dub? No, he's an idiot, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Okay. G. Bush, you're up next. Mm-hmm. What is Nick Chubb's New Year resolution? Um... 
Retribution. Um, Nick Chubb's coming. Nick Chubb's gonna be working out tomorrow. He's working out today, <laughs> and uh, I think I think he, what's gonna drive him crazy is if the Browns don't make it to the Super Bowl or win it, which I think is a very good chance they could. Nick Chubb, for either either way, is not gonna feel good about it. He's either way, he's gonna feel like if I was there and they lost, I could have did something about it, or if he's gonna be happy for his teammates, but he's going to not say that that what he that was part of his legacy like for him he he wants to be <laughs> on the field so i i know for a fact he like he's right now going through to- torment like he he's coming back next year with a with a big chip on his shoulder because i i think he wants to be out there so bad and he feels like his teammates carried him on this one a little bit by which the is way unfair. Did, did everybody not have goosebumps when he came out for the guitar yeah, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I oh yeah can't remember yeah a game in the stadium I've been going for years. I'm not going to throw the old stadium in. I can't remember an atmosphere that was better than this one. Hey, but shout out to the fans. Shout out to the Jason said it You know what? Let me clap it up for you. It I was, challenged y'all. It was y'all. a college football type atmosphere. That's what I, I, I challenged y'all at the beginning of the year. I was watching old Dog Pound videos. And when y'all was, y'all be banging. And keep banging on them, them tinfoil uh, moves. <laughs> Too, because uh, I like when it when it now Michael, Michaels. Michaels was like, oh my gosh! I <laughs> love that Astros crack he had. That yeah, he did. yeah, that was nice. He stuck that in. Time is here up next. What's the Sean Watson? What should his New Year's resolution be? <laughs> it would be nice. Don't be uh, no, it would be nice. Just come at him. Yeah. New Year's resolution for D. Wide is to look like a two hundred and thirty million dollar man. That's what it is. Or, or you mean not look like he looks like a two hundred thirty? No, I mean, he got play, jewelry. Play, play like a two hundred thirty million dollars. Like, he got the jewelry. He's got the lifestyle. Right. He's got the starter. Boy, play, play like a two hundred thirty million dollar man that gave that a franchise gave away three first round picks. I have to look like that guy this season. Have to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Joe Flacco has came in off the streets and looked phenomenal. So we know it's not Kevin Stefanski anymore. It's all on you. If you if it doesn't happen, everybody in Cleveland knows that you are the problem. All right, Bull, you're up next. You got a combo. Yeah. What is your New Year's resolution for the trio of Miles Straw, Stephen Kwan, and Will Brennan? (laughs) Why did they get You know, I don't don't appreciate Miles Straw being lumped in with those other two guys. (laughs) What you mean? You got a Miles Straw jersey. (laughs) He came right. Miles Straw resolution is to become... He right now he's the second worst player in baseball. Only his teammate Austin Hedges is worse, and he's hoping to move up to the third worst spot. He's got to take it a notch up, become the third worst <laughs> player, the third worst hitter in baseball, uh, and and not be quite as inept. He his resolution is to hit two home runs this year. Two, you know that's just uh, for Quan. It's to uh, for Quan and Brennan. It's a little more consistency. I think only Quan is a starter. But I think Brennan's look for looking for some consistency, and same for Quan. So there you go. I have nothing exciting for you. Sorry, I didn't love my answers, but uh, I mean, I wasn't in baseball mode. Bull, Bull, Bull said the Bull got him at seventy-two wins. I, I want to give you one. Shoot, Kevin Stefanski. Well, he was on my list. He was coming back. I think for Kevin Stefanski, it's to enjoy the moment. He's gone through so much chaos in four years. When it was good, it was COVID. Then it was turbulence. It was the up and down. It was the should he be extended, should he be fired. After the Seattle game, we did a poll. And this exact chat, and 82% of this chat, so they wanted Kevin Stefanski fired for throwing the ball on fourth down against Seattle. So now it is all flowers, Kevin. Enjoy the moment. Sit back and the job's not done, obviously. But relish in the fact that you have 
officially secured yourself as the best modern day coach of this franchise. Earl, what what about JB Bickerstaff? Earl, you're up. What's, and he's on my list too. What what is JB Bickerstaff? What hmm. should his New Year's resolution be? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. (laughs) What talent does he have? Half the team's hurt. That's crazy. He's Donovan like, Mitchell just decided he doesn't want to play for the last three weeks. I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> that, was cra- last <laughs> that was a crazy season. That was a crazy season. I'm paying attention. Why did Why did Donovan Mitchell? Does anybody know why Donovan Mitchell didn't play for two weeks? Wasn't he he, wasn't he, he had a sick? doctor's note. He played the last two games. Yeah, but the, but he didn't play for two weeks. I Mike, think he right? was. He probably he had missed COVID. four games. Played the last two. Why did he miss those four games? He was listed as illness. Ew, yeah, yeah. But he was good enough to sit on the bench. The flu was going around in Cleveland. If you have the flu, you sitting on the bench. No. And, yeah. and, and okay. McNuggets, we we got we didn't get that we didn't get the memo. You know they traded R.J. Barrett. They traded quickly. What do they have to? What do the Knicks have to trade now? If if we are trying to move Donovan Mitchell, how was that trade? Was that a good trade by the Knicks or no? Jaylen, I thought I thought it was a lot. I think did you like that trade? trade? Yeah, for the Knicks, I did. Yeah, I really like quickly, but they have so many. For the Knicks, they have like three or four guards who just didn't have enough minutes for. So yeah, so they just cleared out some space. And Barrett has potential, but Ananobi is a better defender, which they desperately need. They needed another yeah. wing defender. Him and Josh Hart on the wings now. That's a damn good defensive. And in the playoff times, that's going to be a tough matchup. So yeah, why, why can't we make no moves? What? what like, well, we got. I have a Cavs topic tomorrow. I'm very interested to hear you guys' opinions. On. We only have a minute right. left, so I want to get right. so rapid fire, real, real quick. Other things I had on the list: uh, New Year's resolution for Evan Mobley. Man. Stop being so soft. Learn uh, some moves. The Jumper. J work. The Dolans. Sell the team. <laughs> get a, Spend yo. money. Get a, get a payday cash loan. Open the <laughs> open Joe the wallet. Flacco. Joe Flacco. Win. <laughs> Walk into the sunset with a Super Bowl ring. Stop. Tell every media member to stop saying "got off his couch." No, go. Got <laughs> off his couch. I got all Joe. Did you ask this last week? If go. he wins a Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, he's got to retire. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. No. Has to be. Go to yes. go to Beachwood Mall and buy a new pullover. We didn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. That actually, that's it. He's a. We'll see you on overtime. Yeah, we'll think, see you on overtime. We are talking refs hard, but I think he is. You know, he's in the top twenty in pass. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.